So first of all, first of all, a big Ashikar to Rishonim to everyone putting this thing together. I'll tell you, one of my personal favorite things is to be amongst Jews that are different, you know? Different places, different backgrounds, different experiences. It's one of my favorite places to be. You know, it takes me back to when I was young, you know, like the Shabbos table that I grew up in. There was people like singing mirrors and people doing yoga on the side, you know? So like, to me, like, this is... Uh, you know, it's nostalgic, Baruch Hashem. Yeah. All right, so let me share with you an idea. You know, Rosh mentioned that tonight is the art site of the Halig Rebbe of Melech Blazhensk. So you have to talk about the tzaddik a little bit, a little bit, to taste a little bit of the tzaddik, what it was, what that is. It's also Stam, it's, uh, it's important to know, it's also our Shabbos is coming into a special Shabbos, Parshas Parah. It's one of the four special readings that we have Flowing from Purim into Pesach, we read about the, the laws of the red heifer, the paraduma. You know, it's interesting, Chazal tells us, the Gemara tells us that when Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Ar Sinai to receive the Torah, so he saw the Rabbanu Shalom, he saw Hashem learning. And he looked over Hashem's shoulder, you know, what was he learning? And so Chazal say that he saw that Hashem was learning the halachas, the laws of paraduma. And so, you know, it's, uh, it's not a coincidence, you know. So Moshe asked him, Hashem, why are you learning this? So Hashem says to Moshe Rabbeinu, he says, you should know, this is not just the one-time thing that I'm learning the laws of the Red Heifer of Paraduma. This is all I do. All of Torah is what? Taras and Shal Yisrael, the purification of the Jewish people. That's all I'm involved in, says Hashem. From morning till night, from the beginning of creation to the end of time. All I'm involved in is purifying Yiddin. That's all. So let's learn a little bit about what Yiddishkeit is about. What is it? What is Yiddishkeit? You know, when you talk about the Rebbe Melech of Lezhensk, you have to appreciate who that was, you know. The Rebbe Melech was not just a Rebbe amongst other Rebbes. He was the Rebbe of all Rebbes, you know. He literally wrote the book about what it means to be a Rebbe. The Sefer Noemi Melech is the handbook of, of, of what a tzaddik is, of what the avoid of a tzaddik is, and the relationship between a Rebbe and Chassidim, between a tzaddik and his, and his followers, his students, his extensions. And literally everything that sort of developed from the Baal Shem Tev, even culturally, like what we associate with like Hasidus in terms of culture and the, the, the concept of dynasties and everything that you think of a Rebbe, the Nebuchadnezzar Melch Melchah was one to establish that. The, fa the fact that there was such a phenomenon of Hasidim, of people going to the Rebbe and asking in business advice or brachas about things of this world, that's all from the Nebuchadnezzar Melch, who's the Rebbe of all Rebbes. So let's understand a little bit a little of that, of that novel idea, this new, this new Indian, this new concept that was introduced to Yiddishkeit, which is the concept of a Rebbe with Hasidim. Like, what is that exactly? And it's also something we have to think about, is that whenever you think of the Nami Melech, whenever you think of the Rebbe Melech of Lezhensk, you always, always go to Rebbe Zusha also, his brother, Rebbe Zusha. It's an interesting phenomenon. Not too often do we have this, a pairing, of two tzaddikim that are always bound to each other and they also happen to be brothers. It's not a, it's a rare thing. So what is this in you? What was Ramelech's, what did he do to the world? What, what is this idea of tzaddik of the Rebbe and why is he so connected with his brother Rebbe Zusha? What was interesting about Rebbe Zusha, there's many things interesting about Rebbe Zusha. One of the most interesting things I always felt is that he would refer to himself in third person. He would say Zusha. He wouldn't say I or me, he would say Zusha. What's going on over here? So what's, what's, what's this idiom? 
Okay, so because we're, you know, a diverse crowd, and people are coming from different backgrounds and different places, and different levels of background, of knowledge, and so on. So, the only option I have is to go above everyone's head. That's the only option I have. Then everyone feels even, you know? So, if you don't mind, let's go a little bit deep. A little bit deep, okay? The truth is, maybe it'll be some new ideas for some people, but the neshama, hopefully every single one of our neshama should be familiar with some of these ideas, these concepts. All right, so in the parsha we have the thought, we, we know the, the, the tragic story of the golden calf, right? The Egel Azov. So in the aftermath of the Egel, that sin of the golden calf, Moshe Rabbeinu stands between us and the abyss, you know? Moshe Rabbeinu defends us in front of Hashem. And he's so successful, he's so successful in his defense of us that not only does, does Hashem forgive us, but Moshe Rabbeinu senses that this is an opportunity to ask for something big. And so Moshe Rabbeinu makes the request, let me see your honor, let me see everything. Let me see everything. So Hashem says, okay, you know, I appreciate the request, but I can't show you everything. I'll show you the back. The front you can't see, not yet. What does that mean? So Chazal say an astounding thing. Chazal say that Moshe Rabbeinu was asking from Hashem as the following, he was asking Hashem, I want to see your tefillin shal roish. Whatever this means, God is not physical as we know. But there is such an idea that Hashem sort of keeps the mitzvahs on some level. He tells us what to do and he follows suit as well. So Hashem puts on tefillin. And Moshe Rabbeinu was making the request, I want to see your tefillin shal roish, the tefillin of your head. And Hashem, is, Hashem was saying, you're not going to be able to see that until the end, until the next, till Mashiach comes. But I will show you one thing, which is the Keshashel Tzillam, the knot in the back of the head. The Keshashel Tzillam, that'll show you. Risa Sechayre, from the back, I'll show you. And that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was revealed. That was revealed to him, the secret of the Keshashel Tzillam. Right, so what does this mean? What does it mean? What does it mean to, what does it mean Hashem's word? Tzillam, Bechlal, what is Tzillam? What is Tzillam? Like, that, that's the most important question, really, you have to answer. What is Tzillam? Tefillin are not just the boxes of leather and straps that you attach to yourself. That's activating tefillin. But what is tefillin? What does it mean Hashem wears tefillin? What's the request of Moshe? I want to see your tefillin and the response, you'll see the knot of the tefillin. Okay, so let me share with you an idea that we find from Rabbi Nachman of Brasil, the Kutamaran. Rabbi Nachman writes the following thing. I'll read you the line and then we'll try to explain Zayyadu, Rabbi Nachman says it's known, Sha'atayra, Shoyer Behem Ahavasa Yisbarach Shemai. What is Tyra? What is Yiddishkeit? So we know Yiddishkeit is, Tyra is, the Rabbani Shloilam is telling us what he wants. He's telling us what he wants. He tells us that he wants us to keep Shabbos. He tells us that he wants us to eat kosher. He wants us to learn. He wants us to daven. He wants us to give charity. But what's really fueling all of that? What's behind it? If you peel back the layers of Torah, what's really there? So Ibn Achman says, you know what's really there? What is Torah in its essence? Love. That's what Torah is. Yudur Ibn Achman says, What is contained within Torah, what dwells in Torah, with the fire of Torah, the fuel of Torah, what is Torah, is Hashem's love for us. It's because of Hashem's love for the Jewish people, because of that He tells us, keep Shabbos. Because of that, he tells us to eat kosher. Because of that, he tells us love another Jew. Why? Because through these actions and through these experiences, we become attached to him. 
and we're able to then feel the love that he has for us. What Yiddishkeit is, is love. That's all it is. It's love that's packaged in 613 activities. But it's all ahav, it's all love. Now Rabbi Nachum goes on to explain that if the Torah in its essence is love, and it's the love that Hashem feels towards His children, towards the world, towards reality, towards the Jewish people, then there's two levels to that love. On the one hand, there's a level of love that can be explained. It can be explained, it can be experienced, you can make sense of it, you could, you could almost touch it. When Hashem, when a person has a good day, ah, oh, that's Hashem smiling at you, you know, that's Hashem's love. When a person has a good day and their response is to say thank you to Hashem or to daven and to, to make a bracha and so on, to thank Hashem, that's not, oh, thank you so much for the thing that, like, what you got was Hashem's love. That was Hashem smiling at you. So there's a certain level of ahava, there's a certain level of love which is, which is, which is finite. It's finite, it's experiential, it's, it's something that you could experience, it's something that's, that's, that's relatable, it's manageable, it fits in Oilam Haz, it fits in this world. Ahavas Oilam, we say, by some of Ahavas Oilam, a love that fits in Oilam, a love that fits in this world. But if Hashem is also infinite, the Zara says that the Rabbanu Shloilam, there's a side of Hashem which is relatable. There's a side of Hashem which fits in the, our world. But there's a side of Hashem which is absolutely infinite. So just as there's a love that Hashem has to the Jewish people and to every single one of us, which is what? Which is finite, which is relatable, which is something that you could put your finger on, you could manage, you could feel, you could experience a good day, a smile, a wink. But Hashem is also infinite. And if Hashem is infinite, it means his, lo- his love for us is also infinite. Which means that just as there's two different loves for, that Hashem has for us, there's a love which is finite, and there's a love which is infinite. So therefore, the packaging of that love also, there's two levels. There's a level of Torah that fits in this world. There's a level of Torah that we received on our Sinai. That's called Niglasat Torah, the revealed Torah. The laws of Torah, what to do, how to do it. The 613 mitzvahs and all the details of those mitzvahs. Every single one of those mitzvahs that we could learn about, that we could physically do and accomplish, are, are packaging what? The finite love that Hashem has for us. Rabbi Nachman says, but well, there's such a thing that's called nistu, there's such a thing that's called primisatar. Chazal tell us that when Mashiach comes, an entirely new dimension of the 613 mitzvahs will be revealed. So much so, Chazal even say, the Gemara tells us, that all of the Torah of this world, all of the Torah of this world, is a, a hevel, is mamish vapor, mamish vapor, compared to the Torah that will be revealed with the coming of Mashiach. What does that mean? We will have more mitzvahs? You're not going to have more mitzvahs. But it means it's as follows. Is that the level of Torah that we have now is an expression of a finite love that Hashem has for us. But the level of Torah that will be revealed with Mashiach is going to be an expression of the infinite love that Hashem has for us. What is Chassidus? See, it's interesting. The way the, way the Rabbi Melech of Lezhenz, the way he established the Torah that a Rebbe says to his Chassidim, was different than the way Torah was usually given over pre-Chassidus. The way Torah was given over before the Baal Shem Tev was in a very systematic and structured way. You know, there was a Rosh Hashiva, there was a rabbi, he would sit, he would give a lecture, and people would sit there and take notes, you know. 
that was it. That was it. Did you have to feel a love for the Rebbe? Did you have to feel a love for each other? Not necessarily. You're sitting there, you listen to the lecture, and you're good to go. What Hasidus established, what the Naim Melech established, is that that's not how Torah should be given over. That's not how Hasidus is given over. Hasidus is given over in the following way. That Yidin come together. And first and foremost, they bond with themselves. They bond amongst themselves. That's the beginning. You cannot receive the light of the Baal Shem Tev. You cannot receive the light of a tzaddik unless the Yidin that are sitting in front of the tzaddik love each other. That was, that was rule number one. The avoid of Avabrengen right now, you're not listening to me, but we're receiving words from the tzaddikim that I'm quoting. The way to receive Torah that, that was transmitted by the tzaddikim coming from the Baal Shem Tev is with the, the most important condition first and foremost is that the Yidin that are receiving it should love each other. Once they love each other, then the tzaddik is able to give over Torah. And what's amazing is, is that predominantly from, from the Melamelech, the style of that Torah was not given over in like a lecture form, you know? It was given over specifically on Shabbos, more specifically Shalshudis, and was given over with a song, between songs. Like, what, 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 what is that? The answer is what the Baal Shem Tov came to the world, what the Baal Shem Tov was, was, was establishing, and what the Naimil Melech sort of codified and solidified, culturally even, is a little bit of a taste of that deeper version of Torah that will be revealed with the coming of Mashiach. Before the Baal Shem Tov came, before the Baal Shem Tov, the Torah that was being given over from Rosh Hashiva to student was what? Was a finite Torah, the details, practical details of Torah, which contained within it a finite love between God and the human being, between God and the Jewish people. And that finite love, that finite love that was being given over from Torah, what it created was a finite sense of love within the Jewish person, meaning that you love yourself. That you love yourself. It's only natural. See, let me explain. It's only natural. Every healthy human being loves themselves. If a person doesn't love themselves, there's something, there's something wrong. Everyone understands that it's natural to love yourself. To love someone else, that's already not so simple. But where does the phenomenon come from that it's natural and normal, 100%, to love oneself? The answer is, is because every single one of us, every single one of our bodies has 613 parts, which corresponds to the 613 laws of Torah. And the Torah that was given to us in our Sinai, the Torah that the world was created from, the finite Torah, the limited, the, 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 the Torah, the revealed Torah that was given to us in our Sinai, results in what? Since it itself, if it, since what Torah is, is love, that's what Torah is, so the human being that receives the Torah in our Sinai, therefore feels a natural sense of love within themselves. But it's limited, it's finite, it's contained within yourself. The Torah that the Mashiach will reveal, which is a Torah that's infinite, that's expansive, that goes beyond borders, beyond the borders of the intellect to even comprehend, beyond borders of one person to the other, the Torah that Mashiach will reveal is a Torah that will produce a love that is not limited to yourself. It'll be a Torah that's, that's the, the love that will, be, that will be revealed with that Torah is a, is a love that's limitless. Rabbi Nachman writes the following thing, just sharing the couple lines. Torah has two levels. Bechinus Nigla, the revealed Torah, the finite Torah that we experience right now, which has within it a finite love, which produces a finite love within the self, 
that you love yourself, but that's where it ends. But then there is this, what's waiting for us on the other side of the rainbow, this infinite Torah that has within it an infinite love, that when it's revealed will produce an infinite love that expands beyond the borders of the self and encompass every other Jew, every other molecule, every other atom in the entire universe. When that deeper tar, the infinite tar of Mashiach will be revealed, then there will be an unbelievable, a wondrous peace in the world. Like why is it that throughout Tanakh, throughout the written tar, we have a descriptions of the time of Mashiach, the Messianic age, this is what? Uh, a wolf will lie with a, with a, with a sheep, with a lamb. There will be peace on earth, mamish peace that we can't even imagine. Where is that coming from? So we think, okay, Mashiach will come, we'll have a Beis HaMikdash, and Hashem will just like sprinkle all these gifts in the world, right? He'll give us a Beis HaMikdash, He'll give us prophecy, and He'll give us peace on earth. Rabbi Nachman is telling us it's much deeper than that. The essence of what Mashiach is, is the revelation of the infinite Torah that Hashem has, has in His pocket. And that infinite Torah is an expression of His infinite love to us. And when you receive infinite love, then you feel infinite love. And when you feel infinite love, it means that, that you therefore see and feel within yourself a love that goes way beyond borders. And then all of a sudden that love, which Hashem is raining down upon the world, contained within that infinite Torah, the world feels that and responds to it by loving everything in the world, going beyond the self. This is what the, this is what the Baal Shem Tov tried to bring to the world, a taste of what will be. And therefore the Torah, the Torah of the Baal Shem Tov, Torah of the Hasidus, it's not about information. It's not about necessarily knowing more ideas than he knew before. Although certainly when a person learns Hasidus, you learn more, you have more knowledge than before. But it's not the essence. The essence is trying to feel a little bit of that infinite love that Hashem has for us. That's what Hasidus is about. That's what the secrets of Torah is about. And therefore, because of that, Hasidus was specifically given over, and Rabbi Levin established this procedure, to give it over with song, to give it over on Shabbos. Shabbos is a day where it's a taste of the next world. If there's any day of the week where it's a little bit more, you know, it's a little bit more conducive to taste a little bit of that infinite Torah that has within it an infinite love. And therefore, for one Jew to feel a love outside of oneself even, to, for that finite love of the self to expand beyond the self and to encompass other people, it's Shabbos. And therefore, Davka the Fabrengans and traveling to a tzaddik, Davka happened on Shabbos. And this is how Hasidus was established, is that first and foremost, you need Yidin to love each other. When Yidin love each other, then now you're creating that vessel for that infinite love to come to, the, to, to be experienced. If Yidin and Shalom don't love each other, and there's no sense of, of, of oneness, when you look at yourself, you, don't, you have to see yourself as an extension of the person sitting next to you. When you see yourself like that, then now the world is, now the, the, the setting is, is, is right, the situation is perfect for that expansive love to come into our lives. This is why the Rebbe Melech, who is the tzaddik of all tzaddikim, he embodies, he embodies that infinite Torah, that infinite love that's coming from Hashem down to us. And his brother, Rebbe Zusha, is the embodiment of, of the infinite love that one Jew feels to the other. And this is why the Rebbe Zusha would call to himself in the third person. Because what he was saying is, is that the love that I have to myself is not kept to myself. 
I love myself just like I'm talking to another Jew. Just like when I talk to Zusha, I love Zusha, because I love Zusha. So I love Yankel, and I love Maishi, and I love Aaron, and I love Ruve, and I love Joe, and I love Tom. Because there is no difference between I and you. It's Zusha, and it's Ruvain, and it's Shimon, and it's Levi. And so these two brothers, the Rebbe Meich, the Rebbe Zusha, are the, they encapsulate, they embody this yichud, this relationship of what the Baal Shem Tov was trying to bring to the world. What's going to be with the coming of Mashiach, of an infinite Torah, with an infinite love, an Ahava Rabbah, not just an Ahava Sailam, but an Ahava Rabbah, an expansive, infinite love that Hashem is raining down upon the world. And the world responding in kind, feeling that love, and therefore having that infinite love become part of our DNA, and therefore loving everything around us as well, way beyond just the self. And so this is the dynamic that's going on. Right now in this world, what we have is a finite Tyra, a finite love coming down from heaven, and as a response from us, from below, a finite love that's embedded within our DNA to love the self, and that's it. But with the coming of Mashiach, an infinite Tyra with an infinite love, and the response from below, what will be embedded in our DNA is an infinite love, one Jew to another. This is the secret of tefillin. This is the secret of tefillin. Let's, let's, let me explain. The tefillin shalyad. You have the actual box itself with the parshas, with the, with, the, uh, with the teachings of Torah, with the parshas of Torah contained within it. And then there's the knot that binds it to the person. Rabbi Nachman explains, I don't know if I'll, I'll be able to explain this in full, Rabbi Nachman explains that the actual tefillin itself corresponds to the Torah that Hashem is sending to us. And the knot of tefillin corresponds to the sense of love that we feel as a result of that Torah that was given to us. The tefillin shalyad represents the level of Torah that's finite. The tefillin represents the finite Torah, the love of Hashem that's finite that was coming our way. And the knot of the tefillin shalyad represents the love that you have for yourself because of that. But what Moshe Rabbeinu was asking for Hashem is that I want to see the tefillin shal rush. You forgave the Jewish people from the sin of the golden calf. Now it's an opportunity. Let's bring Mashiach. Let's just go all the way. Hashem Yisbaruch, you're, you're, now, you're now willing to create for me to give us a second set of tablets. So let's not, not, don't stop with the second set of tablets. Give us the full infinite Torah. Let me see the Tefillin Shal Roish. Let me be able to bring down to the Jewish people not just a second version of tablets. Let me bring down to them the infinite Torah that you have in store for them, which is contained within it, an infinite love that you have for the Jewish people. And Hashem Yisbaruch was telling Meishu Rabbeinu, it's not the right time for that yet, but I will give you the key. I'll give you the key in order to eventually bring the world to that place where they'll be able to experience that infinite love, which is what? I will show you the, the knot of the Tzvon Shalraj. The knot of the Tzvon Shalraj means one Yid loving another. It means the Avayda V'yahav That's what Tzvon Shalraj means. The, the Tzvon Shalraj means the, the, the infinite love that Hashem has to us. The Kesha Shalraj, the knot of the Tzvon means the ability that a Jew has to forbring one with the other and to feel a connection with one Yid to the other. And that's what, that's what holds the Tzvon on the head, you know. That's what holds the tefillin on the head. This is the secret of Hasidus. The secret of Hasidus, the secret, you know, that the secret ingredient is, it's the tzaddik for sure, but the real secret ingredient is the Hasidim loving each other. 
That's the real secret of Gideon, because that's the Keshesh of Tzvillin. That's the Nat of the Tzvillin. That's the world, that's the Jewish people saying to Rabbi Shalom, we're ready to receive the infinite love, because look, our love that we have for ourselves is expanding beyond ourselves already. And if our love is not limited, is not finite to ourselves, it's breaking through those borders, it's expanding beyond itself into another Jew, then, I, then what we're saying to Hashem Yisbarach is that now we're ready for that infinite love, we're ready for that expansive love. We want to be able to feel from you the expansive love that you have for us. And this is the Avaidah as we come into Shabbos, Parshas Parah, where the Rabbi Shalom said, all I'm doing is, invo- all I'm doing, all of Torah is what? Is just love. That's all it is. All it is is the Rabbi Shalom fixing Yidin, purifying Yidin, that's all it is. And our Avaidah to prepare for Mashiach, the biggest Avaidah we have is V'yahav Zerach And this is, by the way, the great Rabbi Akiva, right? Rabbi Akiva, who who even Moshe Rabbeinu said about Rabbi Kiva that Rabbi Kiva was a greater Talmud Chacham than Moshe. Right? The Gemara says that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Harsinai and he saw a vision of Rabbi Akiva and he couldn't understand Rabbi Kiva's shir. He couldn't understand the lecture of Rabbi Kiva. You know, awesome, amazing, the Torah of Rabbi Kiva. Rabbi Kiva reached the 50th level of understanding. Rabbi Kiva's Torah was Mamish infinite. Mamish an infinite Torah. And that same Rabbi Kiva who brought down to the world a taste of that infinite Torah Rabbi Akiva, who, who Chazal say that in every little, little, every little piece of Torah Shavuchsav, of every little thorn, every little crown of Torah, was able to produce mounds and mounds of halacha. In other words, Rabbi Akiva, who is the embodiment of, of, who brings to us a taste of the infinity of Torah. The fact that you can have a finite text of Chumash, but Rabbi Akiva says within that finite text is infinite amount of details. So Rabbi Akiva is the embodiment of what? He brings us a little bit of a taste of that infinite Torah of Yehava Rabbah. And therefore that same Rabbi Akiva says what? V'yahav t'lerachakamaycha ezek klal gadol b'tayra. V'yahav t'lerachakamaycha is the great principle of Yiddishkeit. Rabbi Akiva is the, therefore, he, therefore the Gemara says that Rabbi Akiva, when he was killed al Kiddush Hashem, which I mentioned, having that kavan of being willing to die al Kiddush Hashem, Chazal said the moment that Rabbi Akiva died, he was saying Shema Yisrael, and he, his soul left him with the word Echad. And his soul left him, Dafka, when the Romans were, were torturing him on the spot of the Tzilin Shalrash. At that spot of the Tzilin Shalrash, that's when his Neshama left his body and reunited with that singularity that's called God. Dafka Rabbi Akiva, who gives us a little bit of a taste of that infinite Torah by revealing to us the infinite details of Torah. That Rabbi Kiva, who the only way for him to do such a thing, to reveal to us a taste of that infinite Torah, is by revealing to us the depth of Yehav Zerach His soul is bound to God in love at that moment when this Tzilon Shoresh is being touched. That's the secret of Rabbi Akiva. That's the secret of Rabbi Melech, the Rabbi Zusha. Let me tell you a quick story. There was a Yid that he, uh, he was a chassid of the Rabbi Melech, and he, he lived some distance away, but he would make his pilgrimage, you know, a few times a year and so on. He was a choshevigid, you know, a very learned person. There was one particular time where he was traveling to the Rebbe Melech, and he happened to, along the way, he stopped in a certain village in a certain city, and it was getting ready late, so he had to stay there overnight, and he stayed for the weekend in that Shabbos. Now, it happens to be, in that particular location, there was a very choshev, a very uh, well-respected rav and rabbi of the, of the city, but someone who was not connected to the ways of the Baal Shem Tov at all, who was actually an antagonist against it. But this particular guest, this chassid that was traveling, so he was in shul, 
And he didn't really know much of the people there, but, you know, he was doing his thing, davening. After davening, he sat down to learn. And the Rav happened to notice him. It's a not familiar face. And the Rav, like, you know, sort of looked at him and was sort of studying him the whole time and realized that this person uh, seems to be a uh, Talmud Chachim, you know? He was taking, you know, like this, like he was taking this, the, the, the swarm off the shelf that no one ever touched. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain ways you can tell where a person's holding. And so uh, the Rav went over to him after davening and said, you know, if you don't mind, uh, you know, you seem to be new. Yeah, what's your name? And so on, they got to, into a conversation. And, he's, and it became clear that, you know, this person doesn't have anywhere to stay. So the Rav said, you know, come to my house for Shabbos. You'll spend Shabbos. Day. Okay, very nice. <coughs> so on their way home from Shul to the rabbi's house, so the rabbi asked him, you know, Rabbi, like, well, you know, what brings you to town? So he said, you know, I'm, I'm actually not from here, but I'm on my way to, to go to the Rebbe Melech of Lezhensk. The rabbi hears that. And he gives like a little bit of a, okay, you're one of those, you know, okay. So he doesn't say anything. And the whole time, on the way home, every once in a while, the rabbi's like poking fun of see them, poking fun of this. And the, the chassid is just saying, he's not, you know, he's a guest, he's not going to say anything. But... And so in the middle of the conversation, in the middle of the Friday night meal, the, uh, the rabbi becomes a little bit maybe more aggressive in his, uh, you know, sarcasm. And he turns to the chassid and he says, why, why are you going through a meal? It's such a long journey. You seem like a Talmud Chacham. Maybe, maybe the rabbi had something to drink also, I don't know. And the rabbi says, you know, stay here by me, we'll learn together. You know, I could teach you some Torah. Like, what do you have to travel so far? Just stay here, we have a nice yeshiva, nice space manager, stay here. And the chassid doesn't answer, like, it's gonna get, you know, it doesn't answer. Fine, the conversation goes on. And at some point, the rabbi gets a little more aggressive. And the rabbi says to him, he says, you know, they say about you chassidim that you know, uh, you do magic tricks, you know? You have like miracles going on over there. So tell me something. You're a chassid from, from uh, the Hasidic masters. Read my mind. Tell me what I'm thinking right now. Tell me what I'm thinking right now. So the chassid says, I'm not going to read your mind. So he says, no, no, no. Read my mind. You're a, you're, a, you're a chassid. You probably can do that stuff. Read my mind. So the, uh, so the chassid says to him, I'll tell you, okay, if you want to read my mind, what you're thinking about right now is God. And the rabbi's like, no. See, I'm not thinking about God. You're wrong. You don't have those magic tricks. And the chaz is like, and that's exactly why I'm going to Rebbe Meir. Because I know, I know that that's all he's thinking about is God. That's all he's thinking about. That's what chasidus is. That's what chasidus is. Chasidus is when you're learning Torah, you're doing mitzvahs, it's a havas oil mahava rabba. It's all love. It's all love. It's all skashas. It's all the Hashem's kissing, mamish kissing you and hugging you and saying, I want to be close to you. And the way that we feel that is by loving, kissing, and hugging the yid next to you. When you have, when you could talk to another yid the same way you could talk to yourself. When you say Zusha and Shimon, you talk to another yid the same way you talk to yourself. You talk to yourself the same way you talk to another yid. That's the vessel that you have to receive an infinite love from Hashem. Hashem shall bless each and every one of you, each and every one of us that we should appreciate how much Hashem loves us, we should feel His love for us, we should feel His finite love, His infinite love, and, His, and Hashem should bless each and every one of us, that our eyes, mamish, our eyes, should be able to see the full redemption and the revelation of the infinite Torah that He has in store for us. Amen. Amen.